Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the synopsis. I am Zach and I will be your host as we dive on down into the rabbit hole for episode 18. And it's going to be an interesting one today guys because I've had a lot of things going on the last couple of days. This weekend has been a very interesting weekend to say the least. So let's get right into that and let's discuss a little bit of what happened this weekend in my life. We'll get to some of this time online, and then maybe we'll do a little bit about the synopsis that I'm thinking maybe we'll do something about stalker fans or super fans. We've been doing a lot of haunted stuff recently, and I figure let's go on something that will be a bit more less haunted and more holy shit real life kind of thing. And we'll talk about the Bjork Stalker, aka Ricardo Lopez. A lot of you may know or may not know who he is, but we can discuss that a little bit later. Maybe we'll talk about some other stalkers or something like that as well. But let's talk about my weekend, shall we, folks? My weekend has sucked so bad, and you have no idea. It all started on Friday night. My tire went out on my car. I got a slow, flat tire, which means I had to pump it up while I was at work. And then I had to deal with that when I got home, driving, pumping it up, all that good stuff. I can't afford a new tire, guys, so I'm not going to pay for a new one as of yet. But that all came into fruition and really came on the back burner when I got home and it was 87 degrees in my house. And I was like, holy hell, why is it 87 degrees? Why the hell is it so hot? And I've had my AC unit on all day. And for those of you who don't live in America, those of you who live in Europe, we have AC units here in America. It basically keeps our houses nice and cool because it gets hot as balls here in the States when we are in the summer. And I just realized you may or may not be able to hear my dogs clicking and clacking in the background. Sometimes they will make noise. They're normally not in the room when I'm doing the podcast, but because of this story that I'm going to tell you, I'm the only one in my house today. No wife, no kid. My dogs and my cats, and I haven't seen the cats in a while, so hopefully they didn't escape through the windows. That would suck if they did. It really would. So back onto the subject. Oh, as I am saying about the cats, here comes one now, my calico Puma. Hey, Puma. She is here. My other cat is a orange tabby that we found. He was a feral. His name is Moo. So Puma and Moo. I have seen Puma. I have not seen Moo yet. I'm sure he'll pop his little head out soon enough. Back to my story. Talking about the AC unit. So it's 85 degrees in the house. I look at my thermometer. It's turned on. Everything's good. It says cool. So I open up a little area where the AC unit is located, you know, the inside with the filters and stuff like that. I mess around with it a little bit, give it a little clean out. It looked a little dusty, so, you know, your boy was like, all right, let me dust that one time. Maybe that's what's clogging it, then it will be good. It will cool down again. Vibes. Didn't work. I said, okay, fuck. Let me go outside. Went outside, I hear this humming noise. Nothing but a humming noise. And guess what? The fans on the AC unit aren't working. The motor is blown out, and the compressor is blown out too. It is over 100 degrees on the AC unit. You could literally cook an egg on it if you wanted to. I wouldn't. I'm vegan. I don't do that. Throwing that out there, that's my one I'm vegan for the show. So... Right now, I am currently sitting in 95 degree temperatures inside my house, waiting for my air conditioning unit guy to come. He just texted me saying he is on his way, so I will be recording this introduction of the podcast, and maybe this time online before he gets there, and then after he gets here, I can record the rest of the podcast after it cools down in the house a little bit. Problem is, is I have to move all my recording equipment, because if I don't, you'll hear the AC unit, because where I am located inside my house is right next to the room where the AC internally is located so you'll hear a constant fan and some feedback you also may or may not hear the washing machine because i'm basically in a laundry room slash 
office area so that is why my podcasts always have to be recorded at certain times to make sure it doesn't interfere with everything else especially with a baby you don't want that to mess up the baby's timeline and their sleep schedule so wish me luck on that with the ac unit also on top of that my baby got sick this weekend she came out in a giant rash looking like she had chicken pox or some kind of shit like that the nurses said it was just a viral infection until she got 103 or 104 degree temperature the same night so we had to take her to the urgent care turns out it was just a viral infection but she was sweating it out so the spots on her face and her body would eventually disappear and she's just kind of fighting off off the uh, virus so that's always a good thing that is another story of my day how my weekend has been going on top of that my wife is also sick she has been shivering and shaking for the last three days they both went to the my in-laws because obviously it's too damn hot in here for a baby so here's little old zach looking after two dogs two cats and sweating his balls off trying for the best here to make sure that everything goes smoothly and you may hear a little cut there in the audio as because i was recording this and my dogs decided to bark outside of the window and cause a very loud noise that you guys don't need to hear in your ears and you can probably hear my female dog jesse clicking and clacking away right now because again in the house by myself swelling my nuts off it is very very hot somebody please come and help me it is way too hot hey jesse how are you honey my dog decides to join me in here she is hot as well maybe it's cooler in here for her i don't know so yeah been a pretty shitty weekend thus far for zach hey you know what though i only work tomorrow and then i'm off on tuesday and the good thing about working on mondays is i work in prep because we are so short staffed which means i get to leave work early and just listen to my music all day which is always a vibe so now my shitty weekend's being discussed let's talk about this time online and this time online has a couple of things we're going to talk about and we're going to go right into it and we are going to go to commercial break real quick because i am so hot i'm needing at least 10 to 15 minutes to cool down stand outside for a little bit hopefully my ac gets fixed then we'll talk about this time online then we'll talk about the bjork stalker ricardo lopez and we'll talk about some other stuff here so stay tuned it's going to be a good show guys i'm hyped you should be hyped too and if you're not hey you know what maybe this isn't the podcast for you today but nonetheless stay tuned for what we come on this time online right after this quick break Right here on the synopsis. Alright guys, so quick update on the AC unit. It is actually fixed now, and this is being recorded the day after. Right after recording the first segment of the podcast, the introduction, the AC guy called me, he said, hey, I'm on my way, I'll be there in about five minutes, so I had to stop my recordings on the podcast, and then he came out, and it took about two and a half to three hours to actually get the AC unit fixed, the fan was blown out, the motor on the fan was blown up, so I had to replace the whole damn thing, didn't cost me too much, it only cost me 250 bucks, that was pretty, that was pretty nice, that was, that was a nice little vibe, I was expecting it to cost me at least a grand, or some crap like that, because it was making a really bad noise and all that shit, so after he left, the air went back on, but the house at that time was 95, I'm going to say it was 95 degrees in the house, so I had to have the air on for a while, and then the air started to cool the house down, and it eventually went down to 72, which was a nice comfortable temperature, and then in the morning I woke up, my wife was sick, and my baby was sick, and then I got a phone call at 3am, because my wife had been staying at her in-law, at my in-laws, I should say, her parents' house, because the AC wasn't working, so it was best off for the baby that they were in the cooler air than 100 degrees, basically. And she called me at 3 o'clock in the morning and said, Hey, I'm sick. Can you get off of work? I said, No. So I had to go into work at 4 a.m. to get everything done so I could leave at 10.30 a.m., go to pick up my child, and then bring her back home. 
and then basically I've been baby duty all day until about now which is 6.30 on the Monday the 19th of August so this podcast has been recorded on the Monday and going up on Monday very very late later than I usually want it to go up but that's what happens when it's dad life unfortunately those are the situations where family are always going to come first especially my daughter she's always going to come first so if i had to put the podcast on delay so be it i was almost debating on delaying the podcast and just putting this up on wednesday but i figured hey i've got people who want to listen i've got supporters i've got backers i've got sponsors i gotta do a solid and make sure that i upload at least three times a week hopefully and like i said if i delayed it i'm sure not many people would have mind however i feel like it's my obligation at this point to try and upload on the monday since i told you guys hey i will try and be uploading three times a week so tomorrow i'll be recording wednesday's episode my wife and my baby are going out for a little bit that will give me enough time to record everything and right now i'm actually recording in a different setting with a different microphone because my ac unit is blasting away because it's 103 degrees right now so where i normally record has the ac unit right by it and you can hear everything You can probably also hear the TV in the background right now. And like I said, that's because I'm recording in a different location. My wife is in bed watching her YouTubes while I am in the living room recording the podcast because my little area, my office space, is right next to the ACE unit, like I said, and you can hear all the fan and all that noise. And I figured hearing that through the whole podcast is much more annoying than just occasionally hearing some YouTube in the background. So if you do hear it, I apologize. So with that, moving on, we are going to talk about this week online. And actually, a couple of things have happened online and I just realized I'm not by my whiteboard so I'm gonna have to remember these off the top of my head Lord help us all the first thing I want to talk about I guess is the dolphins yes the dolphins not the Miami Dolphins just regular sea animal dolphins dolphins have just been found out by scientists that they actually eat puffer fish to get a hallucinogen effect much like how we do we smoke or use thc cbd something like that to get that edge off to get that high feeling or if you just smoke normal weed or wax or oil or whatever it may be dolphins do the same with puffer fishes that's kind of funny actually that um the smartest animals after humans are basically doing the same things we are so they also know how to have fun in the dolphin sea world not the sea world itself in orlando because fuck sea world and capturing all the animals and stuff not going into that debate or discussion today but dolphins like getting high so if you ever with a dolphin hand him a puff of fish and hey he might hand you a reef uh get it because dolphins reef the sea just just me okay cool with that very terrible joke, let's move on to the next subject of this time online. Like I said, it's been a bit of a shit show in the house, so I haven't had a lot of time to research my this time online today, so Wednesday's episode will probably be longer. But Stormzy, the UK rapper known as Stormzy, has just collabed with Cambridge University again to give two black people um, scholarships, full-time student scholarships. And I say black because that is what it is it's not muslim it's not um american not white not jewish it is straight for black male and female students or whatever they decide to identify as two black students will be given a whole college ride a whole scholarship by stormzy in collaboration with cambridge university and this is something that's really really cool in my opinion this man's going way out of his way, more than he actually has to, to help people and try and help the black community in his area. Obviously, it's not very diff. I mean, it's difficult. Like, 
it's difficult to decide the two, but it's not very difficult for people to support their local communities and not doing it like Stormzy does. I'm just saying, like, if he feels that he has to support black students because they are being held held down or something is going against them, that's something that's wrong with the world and something that we definitely need to address. There is no reason that color, um, sex, gender, orient orientation, whatever it may be, Everything should be seen equally. It should be based on your brains, off of your academics, to get into college and to get that scholarship. It shouldn't be based on your color. I've gone through this before when we were talking about the Philadelphia shooting and we were talking about Brock Turner's rape and all this stuff and the Jeffrey Epstein case and all this shit. It seems like white privilege is a lot more bigger than it has been ever before in the whole entire world right now. So definitely something good coming out of London there from Stormzy doing this. So big ups to you, big man. Everything you're doing for the community has always been a positive thing. His music's always tried to speak positivity to people. It isn't just a typical grime rapper where he's just bad-mouthing everyone. He's actually trying to bring positive things into the world. So that is definitely something that I can appreciate. This has just recently come in within the last hour or so. NYPD Commissioner James O'Neill has announced that NYPD former officer Daniel Pantelio has been fired five years after illegally choking and subsequently killing uh, African-American Eric Gardner. That's what it's saying here. He killed a black child, basically. And the mother of Eric Gardner is quoted as saying, Yes, Pantelio, you may have lost your job, but I lost a son. The daughter of Eric Gardner vows to keep fighting for justice alongside Reverend Al Sharpton saying yes he is fired but we will continue to fight rightfully so they are they are in more than the right to try and even more than sued like they need to a, law, a wrongful death claim something like that because this man had no right to put the chokehold onto Eric Garner like he did and he it was a legal move it was not an illegal move it was like an illegal thing for him to do it had nothing to do it was not in the NYPD book it was a violated policy it was a violation of what they believed in so this is great news for the black community the BLM movement definitely in strong effect here for NYPD it says here that Pantaleo Pantaleo had 289 arrests and they can tell searching through the records that no one else he arrested was injured yet this one officer decided that Eric Gardner was the one that he would injure and subsequently again kill it's been five years that this has been coming and finally some justice has been served so that is definitely a good thing speaking of good things let's keep on positive before we move on to the main part of the synopsis today which will be our crazy stalker fans and we'll be talking about ricardo lopez let's talk about hoodie allen real quick hoodie allen just released his new album whatever usa and if you have not listened to hoodie in a while or you haven't heard of hoodie Look this album up. It is a banger to say the least. Everyone should be listening to this album. Uh, 60 Seconds is a great song. Uh, there were so many actually good songs on there. I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head. Never Going Back was a is a great one. Um, uh, Head of a Time. I was just singing it in my head to get the title of it. Sorry. Head of a Time is a good song. Never Going Back, I already said. Uh, plenty of 
plenty of good songs on there. Definitely check out Whatever USA. Just released this week by Hoodie. Just went gold after he just turned 31. So overall, a good week for Hoodie. Doing very, very well in the music industry. So, I don't know if there was anything else I wanted to talk about with this time online. Um, I know there was a couple things on my whiteboard. But I can't remember what they were. And that's a little bit of a problem. Especially... Because it is now off of my Instagram story, so I can't see what I did have up there. So, I guess with that being said for now, that will be it for this time online. And we're going to go into the main part of the synopsis today. We're going to be talking about the crazy superfans. We're going to be talking about Ricardo Lopez and a couple of other people. And then we will hopefully upload this on the Monday still so we guys which can still listen to it. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. But first we're going to get a quick word from our new partnership here and that is going to be from the UK based clothing company brand Ethics E-T-H-C-S now if you haven't heard of Ethics I highly highly suggest looking them up they are on Instagram you can just type it in on you on Google and you will find all their products out there their website is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash e-t-h-c-s and that is Linktree slash Ethics. They are 100% vegan quality clothing, PETA certified. They have a lot of good things going on in the community. And all of their stuff, like I said, is vegan approved. It looks fantastic. It feels fantastic. The quality is fantastic too. They do male, female, and children's sizes. So definitely check them out if you're trying to do something to help the environment. Like I said on the previous podcast, I'm one of the environment. I'm all help about that vegan lifestyle and even more so if you can have clothes that also promote that vegan lifestyle and promote that good stuff then go ahead and check these guys out again the website ethcs.com that's ethics.com when you place your order tell them that the synopsis sent you and they will do great things for this world for the future go ahead and check them out right now Alright guys, so let's get into the main conversation of our podcast today. We're going to be talking about super stalkers slash fans, whatever you want to call them. And we're going to start off with Ricardo Lopez, who was also known as the Bjork Stalker. He may be the most popular, or second most popular stalker now, unfortunately, and we'll get to that story a little bit later on. But he was very, very popular in the early 2000s, late 90s. And the reason this man was so popular... It's because of his death video that is still circulating on YouTube to this day. Now, if you're squeamish or if you don't want to see this kind of stuff, then don't look this up. You can actually just kind of Google search it as well, little sharp. So don't look up Ricardo Lopez, the Bjork stalker, if you are squeamish or ghoulish or don't like to see what's going to happen. Basically, the man shoots himself in the mouth blows his brains out and you see all of it there's no cuts no nothing like that and this was actually released by the FBI to the public and that was because of Bjork's high popularity at the time so let's talk a little bit about Ricardo so Ricardo Lopez started off as a normal man as you would do any generation you know just doing your own thing and he ended up becoming obsessed with the Icelandic singer Bjork now for those who don't know who Bjork is, Bjork was very very popular back in 
the late 80s, early 90s. She's still an active uh, musician to this day, but she was very, very popular late 80s, early 90s, like I said, and her whole entire career effectively was skyrocketed because of this. Now, I know that's kind of harsh to say. It was skyrocketed. I'm not saying she's not a, a musician or a talented in her field or any way, shape, or form like that, but this got so much publicity that it just made her so much more high profile because of this. And again, this isn't why you want to be famous. This isn't why you want to be so famous or so publicly recognized. It's because somebody decided to kill themselves on camera because of you. But that's what ended up happening with Ricardo. So Ricardo ended up getting a little bit obsessed with Bjork in 1993. So he started off gathering information about her life, he wrote her fan letters, he followed her career. You know, kind of like how any fan kind of does, you know, there's a lot of people, and again, I'm a wrestling nerd, I'm a mark, as they say. So, I'll use this as an example, there's a lot of people in the wrestling fan society who know a lot more about wrestlers than they should. Now, what I mean by that is this. People sit outside hotels that they know the talent is going to be staying at, waiting for them to leave, waiting for them to eat, waiting for them to wake up. They have a whole entire thing where they just sit there and wait. And they just literally camp out like they used to back in the day when a video game was released and they would wait for that midnight release before online gaming became a thing. So that's what they kind of do. And they know way too much about the people's schedules, their personal lives, and stuff like that. And we've had a lot of stalkers now, especially with the internet being so readily available to everyone, and Twitter, and Instagram. It's very easy to find out somebody's location if they're famous, if you know how to do it. So this was a little bit more intense, obviously, because this was back in 93. So the internet wasn't really booming like it was now. So back in the day, this was a little, a little bit more difficult to do back then so obviously it took some kind of commitment to be this obsessed with somebody back then of somebody of that much fame so it makes him much more of a stalker than most of these people are nowadays and again the back in those times obviously you could stalk your neighbor or something like that and that was relatively easy but for somebody famous to know all this information then that's kind of crazy he cited her as his artistic muse and he said that he had an infatuation with her that gave him a euphoric feeling now for those who don't know euphoria is the experience of ha of having pleasure or excitement in your brain it's basically the um serotonin levels in your brain rise up and they give you that happiness feeling like drugs do like um addiction is almost it's almost an addiction basically when you feel that love feeling or something like that that's what euphoria is so that's what ricardo lopez said his feelings for bjork were now you have to remember this is a woman he has never met he has never spoken to he's just seen her on tv and heard her music and then suddenly boom he is infatuated with this woman and again 1993 you have to remember this is the time we're looking at here 1993 that is not a time of any significance really in technology changing or the internet or anything like that this is like a kind of a slow technological time in the 90s it was more like 96 97 when it really became booming so this is a very 
you know, time where his infatuation began in 93, and it would last three years until his inevitable death in 1996 by suicide from a handgun, and we will discuss that carrying on into this rabbit hole dive we're doing of Ricardo Lopez. So Ricardo Lopez got more and more obsessed with Bjork. He literally thought about her all day, did research about her all day, just every single thing in his life was Bjork, 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 Bjork. And it basically took over this man's life. This made him very disconnected with what you would call reality. In that everything that he saw, everything that he did was for this woman. He would work for Bjork. He would go to bed with Bjork. Like his whole outlook and aspect of reality in life was that everything he did was for Bjork. And obviously they didn't know each other, but in his mind, in this little area that he created for himself, they were meant to be together. They were supposed to be together. They were supposed to be married. They were supposed to have kids. This was what obsession is, where you are just focused on one thing. And this is where it becomes dangerous, guys. Now, you've got to think of it like this. If you're obsessed with, like, video games or something like that, that's something that can be broken. You can go to rehab, like, with alcohol or drugs or stuff like this. But when it involves a person, this is when a lot of... And, you know, and we're discussing it now, where a lot of suicides happen and a lot of homicides happen because of infatuation with another individual that a person cannot get over. And subsequently, it ends in somebody being seriously hurt and or eventually dying. And that's just how it is with infatuation and obsessions. And with these crazy stalkers, this is how it happens, how it becomes a thing. And then certainly, as we all know the end result, somebody ends up dying. So Ricardo actually had a diary, and he had a video diary as well, and this is what the FBI eventually released, was the video diaries of what Ricardo had. In these diaries, day by day, he would write about Bjork, and in the inevitable video diaries, he would talk about them too. His diary was 803 pages long, and every single page had a passage about Bjork, his thoughts on her, his feelings about her, every single thing like he fantasized about being able to travel in time back to the 1970s to become her friend as a child he would write about things about bjork's childhood that he wished he could be a part of but he did state that he would not want anything sexual with her because he quote loves her so all of these passages were dedicated to bjork and then he would say how he was feeling that he wasn't worthy of her because he was overweight he was embarrassed about him because he had gene comaster and uh gynecomaster genocomaster i believe is what it's called is a syndrome where you have what people would call man titties you have man titties basically your breast tissue is a lot bigger than it usually and it should be and it ends up making you look like the idea that you have boobs. So that made him very upset. It made him claim that the reason he couldn't get a girlfriend was because he had this and that he was too obsessed with Bjork that he could never love somebody as much as he loved her. He complained he was a loser that never learned to drive, that he had a shitty job that he didn't make any money from. In 168 references to his feelings of failure, he had 38 references to suicide and 14 references to murder. In Bjork alone, there was 408 references. 
And then there was 52 references, and these were to other celebrities. So Bjork wasn't the only celebrity on his radar, there were others who have been unnamed. Probably for their safety and their concern and their privacy, but Bjork was mentioned 408 times. That's just references, that doesn't mean pages, there was 803 pages, but if there are 408 references to Bjork, that normally probably means there was a quote or two along the way, which means over half of his diary was based on Bjork. Now, with Ricardo, in 1996, he would, he would end up killing himself, but in 1906 beforehand, he read an article that in Entertainment Weekly, Bjork was in a remote romantic relationship with Goldie. And Goldie is a musician, he is an MBE from the UK, he's from my hometown actually, in Wolverhampton, if you didn't know who Goldie is, his actual name is Clifford Price, he is an MBE, he is a DJ, and him and Bjork were an item back in 1996, but he's he's from the old Wolverhampton, so big up the homeboy Goldie, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the homie Goldie, but Lopez found out about this, he was pissed, so after 1996 when he found out about his her relationship with Goldie, he started doing his video diaries. So he was writing in his diary until 96, and then after 96, when he found out about Goldie, he started doing a video diary. Now, Lopez's words were he was very betrayed, and he was very upset that she was involved with a black male. His diary wrote, and I quote, I wasted eight months, and she has a fucking lover. He began fantasizing about how he could punish Bjork. Now, him punishing Bjork, he believed that if he caused harm to her, her boyfriend, or himself, it would somehow punish her. Now, obviously, her and her boyfriend would, yes, that would punish her. No shit, Sherlock Holmes over here. But he believed that he was so inclusive in her life, that he was such a big part of her life, that if he hurt himself, it would hurt her too. And that's how his mindset was. That's how infatuated this man was with Bjork. So he started recording his video diaries, and he even said in his video diaries that his life, his art, his plan was all ready to start speaking to you. He said, I'm being my own psychologist. You are a camera. I am Ricardo. He recorded 11 of those tapes containing two hours of footage each. So there was over 22 hours of footage on these cameras in which Ricardo recorded. And during these videotapes, during these recordings, he would go on his rants. He would go on his questions of life and stuff about Bjorg. He would show videos of him preparing revenge and discussing Goldie that ended up being an obsession. Lopez was angry over Bjork and Goldie. He was very, very mad about this. And this is what kind of pushed him to breaking point. He saw it as a slap in the face almost for her to be dating a black male. And his revenge was basically, hey, you know what? If I can't have you, nobody can and he said in one of his entries that I'm just going to have to kill her. I'm going to send the package. I'm going to be sending her to hell. So now we came from infatuation and love to a straight 180 of him just being obsessed with trying to kill this poor woman now. So he went from this phase of I love this woman. I will do anything for her. I am your biggest fan. Please notice me. All that good stuff. Blah, 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 blah to fuck you, you're gonna burn in hell, I'm gonna make it happen. And all of this, 
all of this was because of Ricardo's mindset of him and Bjork being in a relationship in his mind. And once he found out that she was dating Goldie, that he completely lost his shit. He felt like he was being cheated on. He felt like he was being betrayed. And that's when his infatuation became very, very dangerous. And this was in 1996. And this was only a few short months before he would shoot himself on camera. So, Ricardo actually created a bomb that he was going to send to uh, Bjork. And he realized that it wasn't feasible to have this bomb that he wanted to create. Now, this bomb that he wanted to create was hypodermic needles which contained HIV tainted blood, which satisfied his desire to have a lasting effect on Bjork. So, he, what idea was this. If I can't have you, no one's going to ever have you because you're going to have this disease that's going to slowly kill you over every single day of your life. Uh, this was his sick plan in his head. His plan was, okay, I can kill her like this. I can slowly kill her, make her suffer how she has made me suffer. But when you realize you can't actually do that because how are you going to send hypodermic needles through the mail or drop it off? You're going to realize that it's not a feasible idea. So... He said to himself, well, what should I do then? Let me think about this. And he said, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a letter bomb. Now, for those who don't know what a letter bomb is, a letter bomb is known as a parcel bomb, a mail bomb, a post bomb, whatever it is. It's basically where a package is sent through the mail and it will blow up. So it's one of these things where, and I'll give you an example. Uh, the first recorded case of a device similar to a mail bomb was in the 18th century known as the Bandix box plot. It was in November 4th, 1712 and they sent a mail in and it blew up. So this is what a parcel bomb is, real, like in layman's terms. And once you open the package, it triggers a trip switch and that switch will ignite or set the combustion for this package to blow up or whatever's inside of it to activate whether it be anthrax or an explosion whatever it may be so that's what he planned on doing here his plan on this case was using sulfuric acid in a hollowed out book which he had planned to send to her home now she lived in england at the time in london goldie was from wolverhampton and he was a big dj back in the day so he was doing a lot of gigs in london so Ricardo's thinking here was, hey, maybe two birds or one stone, maybe they're both there, maybe they're both open the package at the same time, boom, if, if Bjork doesn't open it, maybe Goldie opens it, or vice versa. Like, his main plan here was just to scar somebody, to physically disform them. And with sulfuric acid, you're definitely gonna do that. If that acid hits you in the face, that's it, it's game over. There can be permanent damage to the skin, to the muscles, to the eyes, nose, mouth. It can affect your breathing, your seeing, your hearing. Every single thing that you use every day to function can be affected by this explosion of sulfuric acid effectively going into your face. So that was Ricardo's plan. Let me blow up Bjork's face. So, it was there to basically disfigure her, she would open a book, boom, explosion, that would be it. So, his goal was this, he's going to try and use this explosion to kill or disfigure her, and his idea was he will kill himself after mailing the bomb, hoping that eventually it will kill Bjork, and then the two of them would be united in heaven. So, you can really see where this guy's mindset is right now. This guy is thinking to himself, okay, she doesn't care about me. But maybe, just maybe, if she is in the other world with me, then she does care about me. Maybe her spirit cares, or soul cares. So his plan is to kill her himself first, 
thing. Hopefully she'll die after the explosion. They can both be reunited and he can be like, hey, I killed us both for, for us, for us to be together. We can be happy now and all that good jazz. Now, if you don't see at this point that this is a crazy-ass fan, then you definitely may need to see a psychiatrist too because you may be a crazy-ass fan yourself. And again, we'll talk about some other crazy-ass fans, but this guy is definitely one of the most popular crazy fans after John Legend Lennon's killer, after the JF Kennedy attempted assassination, and after our next person we're going to be discussing after this, we will talk about them. But we'll finish off Ricardo's story first. So the day is now September 12th. We're in 1996. Remember, this is only three years after he even started knowing about Bjork, collecting her photographs, finding out information on her, her life, all this good stuff. We are three years past that. He makes one final video diary. It is titled Last Day, Ricardo Lopez. It begins with Lopez taking a video of himself preparing to go to the post office to mail his letter bomb. He says he is very, very nervous, but if he arouses suspicion, he will kill himself rather than be arrested. So Lopez goes off to the post office, drops off this package, comes back home and continues to record himself. Now at this point, he is thinking in his head that, okay, this package has gone out of town, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be out there, she's gonna get blown up, I'm gonna be found out and they're gonna come for me, so I'm gonna be already dead, I have nothing to lose. Now, the police ended up finding this tape, before I continue anything, and they st intercepted it from Metropolitan Police, they stopped everything, they safely detonated it, and there had been real little danger of Bjork actually receiving the letter bomb because her mail was vetted through her management's office, which Lopez didn't know. Uh, Lopez also didn't know that Bjork and Goldie had ended their relationship a few days before he mailed the bomb and after he killed himself. So he didn't really do his research that much when you think about it because he would have known that. But hey, easy come, easy go. So he ended up doing getting what he deserved. So let's continue with the story here. So Lopez is recording himself right now and he has Bjork's music playing in the background. He is naked and he shaves his head and paints his face red and green. He examines himself into the mirror. He says, turn into the camera. He's a little nervous now. He's not drunk. He's not depressed. He knows exactly what he's doing. The gun's cocked back, it's ready to roll. Bjork has a song playing in the background called I Remember You. Now this song was very popular in 1993, this was her second single from her debut album, and this is ultimately the last thing that Ricardo heard before he died. So if you ever want to know what that sounds like, you can always just look up the song on YouTube and this is the last song a man heard before he died. Do not Google his name though, because you will be shown with the video potentially, and like I said, if you're squeamish, you don't want to deal with that. Even my description here may be a trigger warning, so please be warned. If you are squeamish or don't like hearing details, then now would be the time to skip forward in the podcast about one minute. The song is playing. The song finishes, and as the last note hits... Lopez will shout out, this is for you, and he shoots himself in the head, through the mouth, with a .38 caliber revolver. You hear him groan as his body falls out of camera range. The camera stops recording, 
and there is a hand-painted sign bearing the handwritten words the best of me September 12th hung on the wall behind him the police theorized that Lopez had intended to cover the sign with his blood and brain matter with the gunshot now for those who are joining us again uh, we are on September 16th where a foul odor was coming from Lopez's apartment they noticed blood and Hollywood police would enter and discover Lopez's corpse decomposing they saw the writing message on the wall and there was also written on another wall the 8mm videos are documentation of crime terrorist matter they are for the FBI so the FBI came in the bomb squads came in they checked everything they said nothing was there the only thing that he recorded and ended up trying to blow up Bjork with was the one bomb so everyone looked through the tapes the FBI searched through every single tape over 20 hours of it they contacted the police and it was obviously defused no big deal okay but Lopez is now gone Lopez is dead he has killed himself because of his obsession with Bjork after he has died and he has killed himself police have told Bjork hey somebody tried to kill you and they killed themselves first it put her into a very distressed state she feels terrible she feels sad that somebody would want to shoot their face off she makes music for people to be happy not to feel like that people shouldn't take me too literally and get involved in my personal life and she also sent a card and flowers to Ricardo's family which was nice of her she didn't have to do that like not at all she should have just been like fuck this this dude was crazy i want nothing to do with him but she sent flowers on a card to his family because obviously it was difficult for them to deal and really figure out what was going through their sons their brothers anything whoever it may have been to somebody through his head at that time and how he could be so obsessed with this woman so bjork ended up leaving london for spain she recorded her new album, Homeogenic. She hired a, a security guard for her son. She just went into hiding, basically. A year after he died, Bjork discussed the incident in an interview, saying that she was very upset that somebody had died, that she couldn't sleep for a week. And she said it scared the fuck out of her that she could get hurt and that her son could get hurt. Now, Lopez's family and friends said they knew about his obsession with Bjork, but they said that it, he had they had no idea he wanted to hurt her uh, his brother said that he needed to get a real woman that he was obsessed and that he was very 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 defensive after he said that to the point where his brother suggested he even went to see a psychiatrist which Lopez did he actually went to see a psychiatrist who treated him for anxiety shortly before he died and they said he didn't appear dangerous he didn't appear suicidal then see nothing wrong with him apart from this anxiety the the videotapes including his suicide was confiscated by the FBI and released to journalists which ultimately had the release going public and this is why all the videos are now available online because once social media and the internet became a big thing everything got passed around and Ricardo Lopez is probably one of the most popular death videos you will ever hear of or you will ever see now with that being said the unfortunate stalking of Bjork and ultimately the death of Ricardo I said would be one of the most popular deaths and crazy stalkers that we'll probably ever hear of Mark Chapman was the man responsible for killing John Ledden uh, John Hinckley's Jr. was the man who attempted to kill Ronald Reagan you had Robert Barnado who was trying to murder Rebecca Schaefer Yolanda Saldivar was a woman responsible for murdering this American singer Selena 
This was in 1995. But I feel like the most popular person slash stalker them right now, in our generation right now, is going to be the name Kevin James Loibu. And this man is responsible for the unfortunate death and just outright cowardice shooting of Christina Grimmie in 2016. Now, Christina was a great YouTuber. She was trying to become a sing uh, solo singer, trying to do her thing. She recorded a sec debut album in 2013. She was going to release a second studio album for her untimely death in 2016. This one hit the community online hard. The, uh, Shane Dawson was tweeting about it, Philip DeFranco, James Charles, Jeffree Star. Everybody was so affected by Christina Grimmie's death. And this was because she was not only a new singer, songwriter, actress, but she was a YouTuber. And she was one of the first YouTubers really to publicly be murdered. Now obviously YouTubers have committed suicide and YouTubers have died over the years. And that's unfortunate for sure, but Christina Grimmie will probably go down as the name as one of the first YouTubers ever to be murdered by a superfan. And right after this commercial break, real quick, from Anchor, we are going to discuss the life and unfortunate death of Christina Grimmie and how exactly that happened. Now, before I start this, I really want to make this clear that in no way, shape, or form am I trying to profit off of these people's deaths or their stories or their demises or the people affected in these stories. These are just breaks so people can regain their composure, regain their thoughts, and continue with the rest of the podcast. So with that being said, we're going to talk about Christina Grimmie. And this is one that I don't personally want to get too in depth with and the reason is is because it's so recent it's one of those things where so many people have been affected by it and although they may not have known Christina on a personal level this was something that shocked and rocked the YouTube community like I said in the previous segment many people tweeted about this many people were in shock about this and she wasn't just a YouTuber, she had just became somewhat of a public figure with her appearance on The Voice a few years prior to that. And it was just one of those things where it hit everybody so hard because this was this generation's first real big holy shit moment. And don't get me wrong, there's been other murders and other deaths and other scenarios that has made this generation go holy shit. But talking about like Generation Alpha and stuff like that, they grew up with YouTube. They grew up with that internet style of life and for them to have one effectively of their own be murdered because they were an online celebrity really put everybody back a step to really think wow hang on a second maybe me wanting to be internet famous maybe me wanting to be a YouTuber be a gamer be a vlogger whatever it may be maybe that isn't something I want now because it's real life now. It wasn't the case before where it was like, oh, this isn't real, this is people online, no one can do anything to them. But once this happened, it kind of set everything in motion for people to be like, okay, meet and greets need to be more effectively protected by security. Me walking down the street 
if I have over a million subscribers, I need to be watching myself. Before it was a case of everyone being like, whatever, I have this, but this is just my online personality, it doesn't matter in the real world. Well, this really showed that it did matter in the real world. So let's talk a little bit about Christina. Christina was born in 1994, and unfortunately, like I said earlier, she died in 2016. She was only 22 years old. That's six years younger than me. And even now, if it was three years from now, she would have been 25. So she was still three years younger than me. Which is really... It's awful. It really is. Anybody dying at a young age is awful. But it really hits close to home when I'm around your age. When I hear people who I went to school with dying or something like that. I'm like, wow, I'm that age too. So Christina originally started posting covers on YouTube in 2009 when she was only 15 years of age. Now she began to get popular at 17 in 2011. She ended up releasing her debut EP called Find Me and then later that month she got a million subscribers on YouTube. Now back then in 2011 a million subscribers was a big deal. I know nowadays it's not that big of a deal because PewDiePie has like 80 million, Mr. Beast has over 10 million, Logan Paul Jake Paul, KSI, Tana Mojo, all those people have a million subscribers now. And it's not as big of a deal as it was back then, but back then it was a big deal. Now, I would also like to say I would love, love, love for someone like Shane Dawson to do a long, like, documentary about this or about something like this and really go into depth about it. Uh, her channel ended up reaching 2 million subscribers in 2013 and she decided to release her debut studio album which was called With Love. So her goal was to get 2 million and once she hit that 2 million she said okay I'm going to release my album. Now her YouTube channel uh, is no longer up and going it was called Zelda Love X 64 it, was, it actually is still active obviously two months ago was the last upload it was a music official video but it wasn't obviously uploaded by her she has over four million subscribers now so that's kind of good that she at least is still having subscribers even after this unfortunate incident she has 10 million views on her firefly cover 5.9 million views on in christ alone which was a happy easter cover she has a lot of views on this youtube channel and again it is a shame to see what happened to her but her family have control of it her family are still uploading things she just had an album recently uh, released posthumously which means after death that was in 2017 which was called all is vanity in 2019 her YouTube channel hit 4 million and like I said posthumously her family are still updating her videos on that channel to ensure the music is still heard by her fans and it's nice that they didn't just shut it down because that would have just been a kind of a slap in the face to the fans I would say because the fans obviously still want to remember her and show their love and respect however they can so them keeping it alive and well is a good thing. Um, 2014, Christina was actually a contestant on The Voice. She was in season six. She finished third, and Adam Levine was her coach. He said he wanted to hire her on his uh, record label. Lil Wayne said he'd do that too with Young Money, and she ended up sign signing a record deal with Island Records. And then she ended up getting dropped by Island Records. But Island Records was founded in 1959. It has a bunch of people who are signed with it. They include Demi Lovato, The Killers, Fallout Boy, U2, Mumford & Son, 
posthumously Amy Winehouse is a member of Island Records so unfortunately she was dropped from Island Records and that became some of a talking point towards the end of all of this so in 2016 she released her second EP it was called Side A and she also took on an acting role appearing on The Matchbreaker which was a movie released in 2016 as well she was the co-star in it along with Wesley Elder. So Christina had big plans, she wanted to go into the movie, she wanted to continue her music and obviously continue her music career either with a company or by herself. She was a huge animal rights activist, she did a lot of fundraising events for the Humane Society of the United States, she did a lot of stuff for PETA to promote pet adoption and she had a leaf received in her honour on the Tree of Life which honours heroes for animals. She loved anime and she did a lot of streaming on Twitch which is for video games and stuff like that. Uh, unfortunately for Christina's family, her mother died in 2018 at 59 after succumbing to breast cancer. I know what that's like, that's what took my mother, so it definitely sucks. And for her family more than ever, it definitely is a shitty situation to lose their mother and their daughter effectively for the family in the span of two years. I can't possibly imagine how that was to feel. So we're going to talk about how Christina died and what ultimately led up to that. It was June 10th 2016 and she was performing the song Before You Exit in Orlando, Florida. She posted a thing on social media saying people come see the performance. The performance is at 10pm, we're going to do some autograph signs and we're going to do some meet and greets. At 10.24 Christina was shot by 27 year old Kevin James Low Bill whatever his fucking name is after initially opening her arms up to give him a hug he would open fire and shoot her four times witnesses fled the scene um, they say Kevin was tackled by uh, Christina's brother and they struggled uh, he broke three, backed against the wall, and then shot himself in the head. So Kevin shot Christina four times and then shot himself in the head, killing himself immediately. And that was effectively the end of that guy's life. Again, one of those people who got what was coming to him, but unfortunately it came at the cost of Christina's life. Christina was on the ground bleeding from her head and we're going to have some trigger warnings here guys so again if you don't want to hear this kind of description or anything like that please fast forward about a minute to a minute and a half in the podcast okay here we go she was bleeding from the head and CPR was taken and performed on her 911 were called and she was rushed to a medical center in critical condition with four gunshot wounds it was about an hour after she arrived in uh, the emergency room at 11pm local time that she had died. An autopsy revealed that Christina was shot once in the head, twice in the chest. Her death was declared as a homicide, obviously so, and it was revealed that Kevin had brought in two handguns, two extra magazines full of ammunition and a large hunting knife into the event. Now for those joining us, Back from skipping the gruesome details of what we have just said, I'll repeat that Kevin brought in two handguns, two full magazines full of ammunition and a large hunting knife. He then travelled to Orlando just to commit this crime. And he planned to travel back where he came from if he could have escaped um, 
for us. Unfortunately, Christina would die, but her brother would be there to tackle Kevin and to eventually make him shoot himself in the head out of fear of being arrested and the repercussions of that. A lot of witnesses in the Orlando area have said that the baggage weren't checked correctly, there were no metal detectors, the attendees didn't frisk anyone, and witnesses were complaining that security were more worried about their food and beverages that were being bought into the theatre, that they didn't even capture the guns or the knife. Which is really, really shitty when you think about it, because this all could have been avoided if they weren't worrying so much about making a quick buck on the hot dogs and the sodas that you could sell at the event, but instead worrying about the performers and the audience's safety. This could have all been avoided if they just did their jobs of actually looking for weapons and dangerous substances than worrying about soda and corn dogs. But hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say. People said that Kevin seemed nervous and kind of creepy. He didn't have an arrest record in his home county. He had previous run-ins with the police with guns purchased legally, but. Again, obviously that didn't stop anything from happening. He didn't appear to know Christina, or Christina didn't know of him. However, he had an unhealthy and unrealistic infatuation with her, and tried to make himself more physically attractive for her through weight loss, hair plugs, and eye surgery. His motive was basically, if I can't have you, nobody else can, and I'm going to possess you by taking your life. So, a lot of shit to take in there. Again, it's kind of going back to the Bjork, Ricardo Lopez stalker, where it's basically a mentality of, if I can't have you, nobody can, and unfortunately in this scenario, Kevin, I can't pronounce his last name, basically did what Ricardo was trying to do, and this hermit, as he was described by members of his friends and family, said that he had this very unhealthy obsession and when he was questioned about this obsession he would get very very um, agitated very defensive about anything the only friend who claimed to be his friend knew that he had an obsession but he didn't know how extreme the obsession was he lived like a hermit that like i said his family said nobody had any idea he was planning to travel to orlando nobody had an idea that he was planning on doing this meet and greet that christina had set up and this is ultimately what happened he decided that if he couldn't be with her if he wasn't attractive enough to her then he would be the one to make sure that she wouldn't be with anyone else and unfortunately we're here on this podcast today discussing how he successfully did that which again could have easily been avoided by security and by other people if they used the correct precautionary measures to end the shit that happened and it's really shitty that this happened and like i said it's one of those things that hit so close to a lot of people's home because christina was a youtuber and she was really the first youtuber to have this shit happen obviously this has happened in the future with Erica unfortunately killing himself and Juwario shooting himself although after we found out what happened with that we can't really expect anything from that pro Jared like there's been a lot of situations where youtubers have been caught on shit and they've either tried to take their own lives or have successfully taken their own lives Erica I'm not sure it was just depression that's what they say and I believe that I've seen some of his videos you can tell he was asking for help and didn't get it so we're not talking about those we're talking about Christina though Christina was ended up being buried in the burning cemetery the private ceremony in June 
The uh, following day, thousands of friends and fans attended the public memorial held in Metford, New Jersey. The aftermath and reaction of this event was a bunch of people taking social media, obviously, about Christina's death. It was Adam Levine, Blake Shelton, Selena Gomez. Bunch of people were all saying about it, saying that they were heartbroken, that they're going to miss her. Many people did um, tributes and their concerts to her. Susan Wozkiki, who was the CEO of YouTube, said she was heartbroken. And many YouTubers did tribute videos on June 17th. A montage clips featuring Christina, titled "In Love and Memory of Christina Grimmie," was posted on her official YouTube channel, which gained 2.5 million views in four days alone. Songs were written and recorded in her memory, including a song for Christina, "Before You Exits Clouds," Max's Christina song, and "Blink of an Eye" by Tori Kelly. Season 11, The Voice uh, coaches performed Dream On at the start of the show as a tribute to Christina. In Season 12, Team Adam performed Hey Jude as another tribute to Christina. Her family was in the audience. They created a GoFundMe for Christina for cover her funeral expenses. Obviously, this was something that no one expected to happen. There wasn't plans in place for her family or by herself. So they expected to raise $4,000 for funeral expenses. They raised over $170,000. 25,000 people shared on social media. Um, Adam Levine ended up saying he was going to pay for everything, so they donated the money to a charity that Christina would have liked. A petition was put on change.org to honor Christina by having a character named after her in the upcoming Legend of Zelda, but even though it got 70,000 people to sign it, nobody, uh, nothing came of it. Marcus, who was her brother, signed it as well, but nothing came of it. Former Nintendo president gave his condolences to uh, Christina uh, the, that day in 2016 when he was announcing The Legend of Zelda Breath of Wild E3. Her death obviously caused for increase in gun securities at venues and all that good stuff. It, it's the same, it's a shad, sad, sad thing that it took this for somebody to really put measures into place. Not long after this shooting, of Christina's death and Christina died in June 10th 2016 literally two days after Christina would be fatally shot a may have remembered the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando where a 29 year old security guard killed 49 people wounded 53 in a mass shooting because it was a gay bar and he was against gay people and this also was another thing where everyone was like okay we need to really up our security game we need to up what's going on because something's happening right now in the especially in florida these being two days apart and shit is going down and we really need to figure it out this was the deadliest incident of violence against lgbt in the history of the united states and the most deadliest terrorist attack on the u.s since the 9 11 uh plane jackings that's really saying something. This, this Pulse Nut Club was literally two days after Christina's death. And it was just boom, boom, boom. Many people were killed. Many people were injured. It was one of the biggest tragedies in American culture right now. In the history right now. And again, it really hits close to home. Because it's one of those things where it's this generation. And this generation is now having a lot of things happen. That we are finally standing up and being like, okay, shit needs to change. Because if it doesn't change, it's going to get worse in the future. So, unfortunately, Kevin succeeded in his mission, effectively, of killing Christine Grimmie. It is something that 
will stick with a lot of people of this generation for a long time to come. It may also be one of those things that ironically help the generation to come with more precautionary measures being taken and all that stuff. So, Christina, I don't know what else to say about her. I went a lot further in depth than I wanted to on this subject because I didn't want to trigger too many people. The Ricardo Lopez one wasn't too bad because a lot of people who have heard about that or have seen the video or anything like that, it was about 20 years ago, 23 years ago, or 13, whatever it may have been. We're all nearly 30 now if you're born in 90s, if you're early 90s, late 80s kids. You're nearly your 30s or you're in your 30s. So it's not that bad for the people for Christina. That was three years ago. That could be a 13-year-old now. That could be a 15-year-old now. That's one of those things where you just don't want to get too far into it. So, with that being said, we're going to wind down the episode of the synopsis. We're going to take a quick break here, and once I get back, we're going to close out the show, hopefully on a much lighter note than we are now. And we will discuss something when we get right back. If you've ever thought about playing the stock market but aren't too sure how to do that, then I have a solution for you. Introducing Blue Chip. Blue Chip is the free stock simulation app in which you can select the stocks live as of right now and you can use those into real funds to get yourself real money. That's right, you can have real money from playing a free downloadable stock app. All you have to do is go to the Apple Store, type in B-L-U-E-C-H-X-P and download Blue Chip today. Use the code SCOWN when redeeming your first 500 chips to get an extra free 500 chips. That's S-C-O-W-E-N. Redeem that today and get your free 500 chips on Blue Chip. Again, B-L-U-E-C-H-X-P. Download it now. Thank me later. And then maybe you can use that information you get from Blue Chip and pull it into the real stock market to start making yourself money. Again, on, a, on the App Store today, B-L-U-E-C-H-X-P. Use code SCOWN at the redemption page and get yourself a free 500 chips. Download the app today. Alright guys, so winding down at the end of the Synopsis podcast today, I'm going to take a miss on the song lyrics that we will do today. We're going to kind of make that a Friday only thing. So that would definitely be fun that we can do only on Fridays. We'll, we'll look around online real quick to see if anything else is happening online. The only thing that I can really think of is the Wolverhampton Manchester United game. We tied one to one, which is always good. People are thinking Bob Barker captured an alligator. I thought he was trending because he had died. That is not the case. Billy Elliash, the bad guy, dethrones Little Nass's ex Old Town Row from number one. So Billy Elish is now number one on the iTunes. Afghanistan has been hit by multiple blasts on their 100th Independence Day. There has been a lot of deaths in Afghanistan today. Dozens of people wounded in the capital of Jalalabad. Uh, unfortunate times there in Afghanistan. 34 people have been killed, 50 plus injured. It is a bad time in Jalalabad. Seven blasts on this independence, 100th independence of the day. Unfortunate times there. Felipe Coutinho has gone to Bayern Munich on loan. 
which is a thing, good thing for Coutinho in the English Premier League. That is pretty much everything that I'm looking at really online right now. I'm literally scrolling through Twitter and Instagram trying to find something to talk about with this time online. But I don't see anything really going on. So I guess it's time to end the podcast. Thank you for listening to the synopsis, guys. I know it's been a little bit of a shorter episode than usual today. But this is one of those things where... I could talk about more, but if I talk about more, I feel like the synopsis is just going down the dark path that we need to bring ourselves back from. So maybe next episode we'll talk about something a little lighter, we'll do something more fun. Or maybe we'll go on to some more haunted stuff, because that was fun to do. I heard a great podcast the other day by Jericho about uh, this exorcist, and maybe I'll do a podcast about exorcisms. I think that would be fun. Let's do that. Let's do a podcast next episode, we'll do about exorcists, and we'll just keep going we're going to a good place we're going to a happy place we'll go somewhere better but this was something i wanted to really just talk about i don't know why it was on my mind it was just something that came onto my mind so i figured we may as well discuss it and like i said guys that's what we do here we just kind of go what's on my mind and go from there so thank you for listening thank you for supporting thank you for backing thank you for sharing thank you to our new sponsors of the podcast with ethics again ethcs.com check out ethics check out what they're doing completely vegan appropriate clothing great quality great designs you'll love it i know i love them so check them out make sure you know tell them that we sent you over there we're definitely trying to collab with them some more to make more things happen there in the future so anything you can get from ethics would be greatly appreciated like i said guys all you need to do is share this like this whatever it takes just let your friends know about us Get us up there, make us popular, then that way we can do more things for you and vice versa. More viewer suggestions, keep them coming in, keep them sending them in to us at Twitter, at The Synopsis Pod, and on Instagram at The Synopsis Podcast. Thank you again, guys, for listening, and thank you for taking the time out of your day to hear my old English ass ramble about shit. I truly do appreciate it, I appreciate your donations, I appreciate everything that you guys do to help the podcast out. I love you guys, and then we will be back here on Wednesday with another episode of The Synopsis.